Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. For the fourth or fifth time, Cody, movies are back. Yeah, we really, we've gone to the movies a lot, huh? We sure have. I mean, I don't know. There, I'm sure there are some people out there who haven't been to the movies yet. But I can't imagine there's that many. No, there's a lot. Before Five Plays 2. Because a lot of people have been vaccinated. You know, movies have been, you know, starting with Tenet. Stuff's been out. You know, stuff's open and closed a few times. But for the most part, L.A., things are open back up. You know, I don't know. But for officially movies are back are you excited i mean yeah you're we're we're inching closer to dunk how, how pumped are you about that right that's now? that's what i'm excited about give me that dunk we are the official podcast of dunk all about the dunk all about it only podcast any knows about um, on the topic of movie theaters reopening, Quentin Tarantino, I don't know if you know this, but Quentin Tarantino owns a theater in Los Angeles. For a while, he just like subsidized it so he could keep, so it would stay open, but then eventually he just bought it because like he had money and stuff. He lives in Israel now, by the way. Is he really? Yeah, he, he his wife and is Israeli and they had their son there, so that's where he lives now. Just crazy. Kind of a bad time to live there. What if I told? <laughs> what if I told you in twenty years that you would be your primary residence would be like Israel? Would you be surprised? I'd be upset. What about if I told you that in twenty years you'd be living in, um, in let's see, Argentina? You know, where? What would you think? I'd still be upset. What about if I told you 20 years from now you'd be living in Cleveland? How would you feel? Neutral. That'd really? Be That'd be okay. Be, you want to live in Cleveland? Ohio? Yeah. That's fine. I just I want you, I just want to make sure you're aware that the sports are bad in Cleveland. I don't give a shit. Okay, good. For me, that's like... I mean, sports are bad in New York, but... It's like fun bad. You got well, the Yankees, dude. The best team in the the, the, the league. Not not really. Not this year. They've been actually been kind of bad this this year and last year. They were sort of sucky, but that's neither here nor there. But um but anyways, the the the, Be- the Beverly, the new Beverly, it's this, you know, famous theater. It's one of the big ones in LA that you it's like I mean the Cinemarama Cinerama Dome is closing, I guess, but somebody's going to buy it at some point, I think. But for all, you know, that's basically the L.A. theater, and they just reopened this last weekend. And the first movie they showed to an audience in since, you know, early March, March 2020, 2020. Was, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice, because he owns it. Yeah. And, like, it's a Hollywood movies movie, you know? And I thought, that damn, that must have been an awesome experience. Especially if, like, you hadn't been, the th- been to the theater for whatever reason, then to be your first one back to be at the New Beverly watching Hollywood in Hollywood. Damn. That's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. But it does, yeah, it does feel like um, things are finally back. 
We're back, baby. The movies, you know? The Batman's coming at some point. I'm, I'm excited about it. But how are you? Good. You good? How are you? I'm alright, man. I'm alright. I'm hanging on. You know? Surviving. You know? Yeah. And that's uh, that's all we can expect to be these days. Because I don't know if you know this, Cody, but we live in unprecedented times. We do live in unprecedented ass times. And also, in addition to unprecedented times, we also live in what scholars refer to as a society. I don't know if you know that. We do live in a society, a gamer society for gamers. Well, you know, let's not go... Except it's not for gamers. Distinctly not for gamers. Because the women had to go and make their own version of this movie of our anthem. <laughs> Gosh. Listen, I haven't seen Corella yet, which is what you're referring to. Yes. But it, it would it, I can already tell it's better than Joker. That's all I, I just I can true. tell. I don't think that's true. I can also tell you I have no intention of watching Cruella because it doesn't look good. I like Emma Stone. I will see it because I like Emma Stone. That's the reason I'll see it. Emma Stone's fun. I like that she's got. I like her in a starring vehicle. I like her in anything really. So I'm down for Emma Stone. I will see uh, Girl Boss Joker. So, and did you like? Uh, did you see Itania? Yes. It's by the same director of Itania. So, you know. Well, unless you ha- unless you for some reason hate women, I don't see why. <sighs> I think my hatred of women is pretty pretty well established. <laughs> Love women. Um, but, yeah, Corella, probably not going to talk about it. Definitely not going to talk about it in the pod, because next week is also, or in a few days is Conjuring, so that's pretty fired up for that. But mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a fun, fun little movie. Uh, um, and elsewhere in the movie, movie business, uh, a lot. A lot of stuff. I mean, every. Uh, I feel like since we last recorded, like three ma- major media mergers happened, which is its own separate, you know, nightmare. But um, I just, I don't really can't it's say just anything. Just Amazon knows everything now, right? Well, yeah. And then there's that Discovery Warner Brothers thing, which I still don't understand. I don't know. I don't understand how Discovery, as a brand, can stand toe to toe with Warner Brothers. How they're on equal footing, you know? Because mm-hmm. like I. Because, like, Discovery, I, I just, I don't watch it. So, like, it's reality shows, you know? Like, I, have, I haven't ever felt the pull, like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta get Discovery Plus. I gotta go watch the show on Discovery. Because I'll be out of the loop, you know? Which I didn't really care about to begin with. But that was just, that was just weird to me. It's like, I don't see how the studio that has Batman and Superman and, and um, Mamma Mia really... Is is an equal property value to Discovery, which has like I'm assuming 19 kids and countings. Yeah, MythBusters, Ghost Adventures. No. Oh, the big news though. Speaking of ghosts, is that Ghost Hunters is coming back. Is another reboot, but with J- with Jason <laughs> and Steve and Tango again. Crazy. So Ghost Nation's over. Ghost Hunters is back with them. I'm shook. How shook are you? People don't nah. say shook anymore. But. I wish they would just merge with Ghost Adventures so they could be good again. <laughs> so Ghost Adventures could be good again? No, could so the again. other show could be good again. 
But it's already good, so I don't know what you're talking about. It's not, though. It's just boring. I did catch some Ghost Adventures the other day. It was... Jason doesn't even live. (laughs) (laughs) It was... It was Zach Bagans in his faux hawk. He was like in a, he's like in this house, like in a bedroom, trying to talk to this girl, this little girl, and he was just so, he was so overdramatic about it. I was like, oh, I should tell Cody, but then I decided not to because I don't want to give you the satisfaction of knowing that I watch Ghost Adventures. Yeah, but I guess I just told a good you. Show for once in your life. <laughs> Ghost Adventures. That doesn't even make any sense. It's not a ghost adventure. You're just in a place where ghosts are. Adventure means like a journey somewhere and a, and a task or something. I don't know. That's just me. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, um, not really much happening. Yeah, like I said. You just want to get into Quiet Place Part 2? It's all, all quiet on the, huh, on the movie front. I don't get it. On the Western front, all oh nice, nice. All dude. quiet on the Western front. <laughs> I'm well. Let's speaking of tired. quiet. Yes, let's. It's all a quiet place on the the Eastern front. Yeah, man. Run the trailer. How happened? A bomb, I think. Because I'm a professional podcaster, I was going to look up, you may know this off the top of your head, where this ranked in your 2018 list. I think it was your favorite movie of the year. 2018? Yeah. No. Spider-Verse. I remember it being... I'll look it up up right now. It wasn't even top five. <laughs> it might have been like her favorite at like it the halfway point or something. Was my eight. Okay. It was your eight. For me it ranked I don't know. You gave it four oh, and a half stars. Lot, looking at you. this now, I might switch things around a little bit. Oh, you saucy little dog. I'd move that up probably. I'd move yeah. eighth grade down. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Isle of Dogs down. I would switch Hereditary oh, and Quiet not, Place not up a that chance. way. Isle of Dogs. I love Isle of Dogs. I haven't seen it since, but stop motion just has my heart. Yeah, I had it 18th on my list. Kind of a weird year. Kind of. I put I put Vice above Spider Verse. How do you feel about oh, that? Shit, that movie was bad, dude. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Because talk about how shitty Bush and Cheney were. But. Less little did we know. Man, that was a that was that was a pretty decent 
year. My uh, my top six I stand by was Annihilation in this order, Mamma Mia Two, Mission Impossible Fallout, Stars Born, Thoroughbreds, and Mandy. That's pretty solid. But after that, it's just like uh, it's like, you know, it's all right, all right, right here. But um, of that year, Quiet Place was no doubt the biggest surprise. Yeah, nobody thought it was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think I might have went into that movie blind. Mm. I went into it deaf. Ha! I went into it like Bird Box, you know, from naked. Uh, oh, the movie yeah. Bird Box. Yeah. Um, but we were both complimentary. We actually double episoded it. I went back and just listened to our thoughts a few for a few minutes uh, the other day. And we were both we were both pretty pretty high on a, on a Quiet Place Part One, obviously, and um, we didn't really talk much about a sequel. But once this movie made like you know crossed the hundred million dollar mark, and once they which horror movies do all the time that don't necessarily you know earn a sequel, but they, once they saw like oh we got we got John Krasinski, we got Emily Emily Blunt, they sort of fast tracked this and had it ready to go within two years obviously this was um the funny thing is this the, the the premiere for this movie actually happened on march like 7th or 8th 2020 so it was like in the very week before everything got shut down and stay it wasn't going to be released for an, a few more weeks and but they actually started already showing it to to press so like you know people probably had their um their reviews either written or almost done and then you know what happened happened mm-hmm. now it's finally three years later it's or a year year plus later it's finally seen the light of day and it kind of like we mentioned before it sort of blew the doors off of the box office you know 80 million dollars um in the total four-day weekend or maybe it's made 57 but either way it just it killed it blew away expectations and um it just sort of gave movie theaters and the industry a nice little boost and which 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 they needed of course and i guess the first thing i want to say here is in hindsight you know quiet place this week and um conjuring three next week pretty smart for paramount and warner brothers to kind of put and the movie business overall to have two horror movies right out of the gate because you can't really bank on a lot, even with comic book movies. You can't guarantee financial success, but horror pretty much every are cheap to make, right? And they yeah, also they much. always they always pull exactly. Pretty much every horror movie makes money to some degree, and it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. You know, La Llorona, the Curse of La Llorona, probably made a good eighty, ninety million dollars. So, isn't that in the Conjuring universe? Who knows? Anyway, I don't. I don't give a rip about any of the non-Warren Conjuring movies. I don't. I don't know anybody that did, does. Did you not me. see Annabelle? Nope. Annabelle was awesome. And let me tell you about Annabelle. Kids love Annabelle. <laughs> yeah, Curse of All Your Own Mate was cost nine million dollars to make and made one hundred and twenty-three million dollars. Nice little return. Yeah. And just for just for shits and gigs, um, Quiet Place Part One, which I'm retroactively calling it that, cost between seventeen and twenty-one million and made three hundred and forty million. Christ, that made so much money. Yeah, 
This one cost 61 and it's made 83 so far, yeah. So it was an $83 million worldwide debut, which is, again, probably, I would dare say, maybe overperforming what it would have done normally in normal times by a smidge. Not like, I don't think it's like 40. I think it did. I think if I think fifty-seven million dollars, and uh, but th- the thing is that the, being in more Memorial Day weekend kind of changes the dynamic because you have more, you know, more people are, um, uh, you know, more people have time off, more people are not working, you know, more people are looking for something to do as a family, which you know, questionable if you go see this movie, but why not? And um, with it being shorter, and you know, proven property, blah blah blah. I think helped it out, but in normal times, I, I I think fifty. I think they would be happy with fifty-seven million dollars in if this were March twenty twenty. I think they'd be like, all right, sweet, solid. So you think and, they're still you know, pretty happy with what they got there? I think you're thrilled personally, but um, yeah, horror movies smart smart thing to do to do leading off because, like we said, pretty much guaranteed to do well financially. But let's talk about the movie. Um, first impressions for you. Let's hear them. Um, so I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure if this movie needed to be made. You know? Mm-hmm. It's one of those obvious cash grabs. Mm-hmm. But as far as obvious crash grabs go, it seems like they really cared about it. And did the best that they could. I don't know. It's just I watched A Quiet Place, the first one, um, the night before, mm-hmm. and man, the movie ends just so perfectly that I didn't really think it needed a continuation. Mm. Like, from a story perspective, you think? Yeah, I think there's something satisfying about. You know, you end the first movie on them figuring out how to kill these things, and then, you know, you go you go into the second one and give them a chance to, you know, put the plan into motion. You know, um, I thought, I mean, I mean, very like Ant Man and the Wasp wasn't necessary, which is mm-hmm. my go to. I hate this movie, movie, but in that same sense, you know. I was gonna say Justice League isn't necessary, but no, they kind of they they set that up pretty and pretty uh pretty blatantly. But um, I mean, <clears throat> I think it was necessary for one particular reason, and that is to kind of sneak a sneak an experimental sort of element into to uh, past audiences because I, I didn't watch a lot. Out of the marketing, but all the marketing I saw was Krasinski heavy, and he spoke about you know when he went when he was when the movie did well and the studio's like hey you got another idea he, the first thing the thing that he was starting to think about and what got him excited is like what if you know I'm dead my character's dead but like what if my daughter becomes the main character and that and that was sort of the germ mm, that so got this, him to this this movie was his his daughter him passing on the torch to his daughter his daughter defeating his an, the ancestral father to become <laughs> the person she was always supposed to be by you hanging out that. with Cillian Murphy is it Killian? Cillian? I think it's Killian I don't give a shit 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to call him Cillian because I like the way that sounds. I'm going to call him Craig. Let's just call him Scarecrow from now on. Scarecrow. I like, I like Killian Murphy. He's a really good actor. I do too. He's a great actor. Do you know he was in Inception? He did. He was in 28 Days Later. Have you ever seen 28 Days Later? I have. The movie's all right. It's a fun movie. Yeah. All right. You want to give it a grade? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Really in depth. Um, No, I mean, it's, it's a way to... You know, I think they they put him in the in the trailer so much deliberately, and maybe he even put himself in the movie thinking that that was a way to do that to get a new person in front of the camera as the lead of a movie, a new type of person. And um, Millicent Simmons was that and did a really good job with it. Um, and I think that's that's a and also I thought about this too. I mean, I haven't seen the first Quiet Place since it was in theaters. I was going to, but I forgot, you know, whatever. Life happens. And I feel like, and maybe you can speak to this since you saw him back to back, but I feel like being able to put, to stay behind the camera for the entire movie and not just, you know, because it's not like John Krasinski was all over the first one. There were some, there were plenty of scenes and he wasn't in, plenty of moments he wasn't in, but yeah. I think he. I think the fact that he was behind the camera for most of it made his directing a lot better, and it was like, and it was a way to really throw himself into it because you know, I mean, I haven't been on sets for that kind of situation, obviously, but I've heard people talk a little bit about you know when you're a director, you know, directing your own performance and you're the lead in the movie. Sometimes you rely pretty heavily on the cinematographer or your first AD or whatever. Mm-hmm. And with this, it's just, it's all him. You know, he's in the first 10 minutes and then the, the other 80, he's completely focused on, you know, on directing. And no matter what, like, there's no, like, if you're also the lead in the movie, there's no way that you're 100% focused on both things because they both are, acting is hard and involved and directing, directing is probably twice as hard and involved, so... I feel like the movie probably would have is better um, just directed overall in the last one because it got all of his focus and attention. Now, did you do you agree with that? Did you think that the first one was better directed overall than this? I want to hear what you think. No, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Um, that's not something I really thought about because to me, the two movies felt exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like tonally, and the performances were all just as good as they were in the first one. Even the John Krasinski surrogate of Cassillian Murphy <laughs> was excellent. Like I don't know. I think that's a good question. I, I honestly can't. I don't have an answer for that. I'm I'm sorry. Mm. I mean, I think I've I think I've said it before, but for me, directing nine times out of ten comes down to how the movie makes me feel, and I'm I'm a few years and you know a, a pretty major trauma, obviously, away from a quiet place, the first one, but I don't remember it being as you know um, as memorable and as fun i guess as an experience as a quiet place 2 was i just feel like i got i got a little bit more of the you know the tension and 
sort of stress from Quiet Place 2 than I did Quiet Place 1. But it's also a different movie, you know, you're going into new places and you're not confined to the to the farmhouse, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like if I watched them back to back, I probably I think I would come away with, you know, that Quiet Place 2 is a smidge better directed. I'm not saying that either one is leap years better than the other, but just I think it was I think there's a slight difference. And um you know, just that that like um, sort of towards the end, that three scene overlap where you follow, you know, the daughter and Killing Murphy, the mom, and then the at the at the store, and then the son at the warehouse. I mean, that for me, that was the moment where I was like, oh shit, Krasinski's really dialed in on this one. <laughs> Can I tell you, I didn't like that. You didn't like it. But well, so the thing what, is, is I, I I'm, like I'm, think, I'm thinking with my my lizard brain, and mm-hmm. I'm much more invested. As you always do. I'm much more invested in the daughter story and the mom's story than I am that dumb little boy's story. That so, brings me to my first question: Who's dumber, the the son from this or the daughter from Army of the Dead? Because I think I, I want to hear what you have to say. Um. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's a great question. Um, I would say the son from this because he just showed a complete lack of critical thinking skills. While and respect the, for the situation. That's my answer too. Well, while the daughter from that other movie thought morally what she was doing was the right thing. Exactly. While she was wrong and really, really stupid, and in the end it didn't even matter. Um, Shit, I just accidentally quoted Linkin Park. Uh, (laughs) It was... I've just become become so numb. I can feel you there, you know. (laughs) It's just... The son leaving that room... For no fucking yeah. reason. Like, okay, your mom told you to do something, so why don't you you do it? And he put more lives on the line, and was, a more and a more uh, delicate life on the line. Yeah, like, I, the I hate that. Tank. And yeah, he didn't check the oxygen levels. He he but he got his foot caught in a bear trap and was hobbling around and was like, oh, I'm not gonna make any noise. I'm fine. If I trip and and. You know, if I or, or if you know I drop something on my foot, I'm not going to scream or anything like th- that. Kid, oh man, people are like, oh man, Noah Jupe is awesome. It's like, sure he was, but I just hated his character. But he's no, again the, like the girl. The worst part about his whole situation was that he didn't even learn anything from exploring. He just, no. he was just. No, no. It's not like he was after something. You no, know? he just kind of thought that, that that's guess. what they were going to do. Is they were setting up something sinister for the daughter for, for killing Murphy. And then the mom comes back and she fights off the alien, sees it. And is like, Oh God, I got to go save my daughter now. But it's I, not. I kind of thought it was going in that did, direction. He didn't bury his wife and like, okay, that's kind of fucked up, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's anything to freak out about. It's probably hard to do that. And plus, how do you bury somebody? That's a good point. I think you take a hole and you just take it. Takes a, that would make a lot of noise though. What? Like, Digging a hole is it's not a quiet thing. It's a shovel in dirt. How loud could it get? It's loud. 
Dirt's loud. Time. Cody Redfield. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we don't dig holes where I come from. Actually, uh, holes are just a free dove. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, that... Yeah, the kid, he was unconscionably stupid and not redeemable in any way. However, I did like, and we're skipping ahead way, way, way far... I did like the end, the kind of ending note that you that go on of, you know, of the kids sort of taking over. You know, it's not Emily Blunt going, you know, with the with the radio yes, jumping in front of the alien. The, uh, it's not Killian Murphy attaching the 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 earpiece to the radio. It's the kids doing it, and I like I like that. That was a strong strong image to end on. Yes, it is the the children. Mm-hmm. Defeating their ancestral father to become their own people. Exactly. Just like America. Just like Jonah being in the belly of the whale. You know, it's... What's my cat have to do with this? You see the guy in the whale? It's my No, it's my cat. No. I don't know this. No, it's your cat, but... Was he the one that got nope. eaten by the whale? I think that was... I think it was just Steve. Uh, it was just, Steve. It was just Jeff. Steve. <laughs> Um, I don't know why, but I really, I found that opening scene really soothing. With the baseball game, I don't know, he goes to the market, he picks up uh, some fruit, goes to the game, watches the game, you know, that was kind of neat. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that, no, no, yeah, yeah, that first day thing was really cool, I thought. Yeah, and like Krasinski, I don't. Krasinski sitting down, and this is super specific. I don't know why I liked it so much, but Krasinski sitting down and he, Killing Murphy's in the background. I like how they don't make a thing that it's Killing Murphy at the game. I like how they, you know, they don't really put they a camera him right on him. Yeah. yeah, like it took it literally took me the second or third time seeing him to realize, oh, it's Killing Murphy. You know, they're they're just laying some seeds. I just like how he asks, like, "What's the score of this game?" And then he over the radio is like, "What about that?" one you know when the red Sox are playing i don't know i don't i like that and it just you know in a very spielbergian way krasinski used that opening scene to just to, to say a lot to set up a lot and you know the image of that of the uh the fireball going flying through the sky and people first just staring at it in wonder and then realizing well whatever that is probably isn't good yeah. and then just kind of very slowly leaving you know i really I really dug that, and I, um, and I think that was a strong choice to kind of, um, sort of fill out the world a little bit. I find myself agreeing with you. Thank you. However, and, I mean, I'm, I'd also be remiss to say I, mm-hmm. I do like this movie. Yeah. I feel like I had that's my opening statement was kind of a long, like a harsh thing to say, mm-hmm. but I thought it was really good. I thought it was kind of John Wickian in its world building. I thought it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm drawn to one scene in particular where it's. When they get captured by the uh, bandits, I guess they are. Yeah. Um, after the monsters get drawn to them, it's when Cillian Murphy's in the water, and 
one dives in after him or falls off into the water after him. Not only does it establish that they can't swim, but I noticed that there's at least a, a rudimentary social structure between these monsters. Because did you notice that the one kind of went after the one that fell down? I didn't notice that, no. But you're all about monster social structures these days. I know, fuck, dude. I didn't even put that (laughs) together with uh, that other movie we watched until right now. I just think it's a cool thing. It is. It's very cool. See what does and does not translate. What's what's part of the lizard brains, as you say it, and Mm -hmm. what's something that we develop. Very interesting. But, um, yeah. Killian Murphy, good addition to the cast, too. I thought he fit. He fit well. I mean, he's... Um, he's always good, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never, ever, ever bad. Always I haven't seen... I, I've never seen him in a bad movie. Well, Dark Knight Rises, but that's not his fault. He wasn't in it enough. Dark Knight Rises yes. also wasn't a bad movie. By Exile. Love it. The rest of the movie? Not so much. He's got a good American accent. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike Simon Peck. <laughs> wow, harsh, man. Got him. You watched The Boys, right? No. Oh, no. Should, Should I? Yeah. Will I appreciate it? Might. My Sorkin loving ass appreciate The Boys. Maybe. Do you like Carl Urban? Mm, he's fine. Then, yeah, you like it. Mm. Is it Violent? Because I don't like violence. It's very violent. Oh. Well, sad. Bummer. Can't watch Spoids in. Sad. Um, just hate TV shows. It's pretty much uh, canon. This pretty point. much. Um, would you classify this as a horror movie or a thriller? Horror movie. So, I mean, this is dumb, but to me, Quiet Place 1 is a horror movie and this is a thriller because they're on the move a lot it's more set in the daytime and it's got more action to it and you see the monsters if i haven't more if i haven't didn't say that already you do see the monsters a lot yeah i mean i don't i'm I'm obviously not the person who's best qualified in the world really to make that that distinction but to me my brain saw this as this is a really good thriller, but it's not. Hor- I'm not like scared. I'm surprised in some spot, but spots. But in Quiet Place One, there were scenes, def- definitely scenes where I was like, "Oh, this is this has got some alien vibes to it. This is spooky." This is no, not then, this, this this was their aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I appreciate. I I mean, obviously, I lean more towards thrillers than I do horror. So that was a welcome change for me when I sat down and realized it. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. This is more, it's way more fun. Um, um, I mean, as far as the performances, we kind of covered basically, but um, Emily Blunt solid again. Noah Jupe did a good job playing a, ba- a stupid, dumb character. So good for him. Wilson Simmons, awesome per usual. Um, yeah. No, no complaints at all. None, no, 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 none at all. Do you Even have the, a, the five uh, minutes of John Krasinski we got were good too. He's he's handsome and strong. What can I say? He is handsome and strong. 
Very, and very, very talented. This must have been an easy screenplay to write, too. You probably just, I mean, you really don't write much dialogue. You just sort of map it out and then map out the plot and then fill everything else in later. Mm-hmm. I think I've read that he wrote it in like three weeks or something like that, which I totally bought, or at least the first draft of it. But love a good Krasinski. Um, what about, what was your favorite, um, do you have a favorite set piece of the whole thing? Like a favorite sequence, I guess? Um, the scene I mentioned before where they get captured by the bandits, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of those, like, you know, I, you've seen enough movies to see a scene like that, and you kind of, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I sort of start mapping out in my head, like, all right, how is he going to get out of this? And this one caught me completely by surprise. Cause no, yeah, that was clever. Yeah, it was, it was clever, it was inventive, it was just surprising. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And it's using it's using the whole sound thing because usually it's like we're trying not to make any sound, and this time, you, you know, in this one they perfect. use yeah they use the aliens to their advantage. And I was like, oh, that's that's nice. That's that's the kind of shit that you do in a sequel. It's like let's let's flip the the first movie on its head. Basically, we're moving, we're using the aliens as weapons. We can kill some of them. Boom, go. You know, I really I appreciated that, but it's very aliens though. Mm-hmm. Also, I also I also liked the beginning part. Um, there's some really really good ASMR for me where <laughs> you see the uh, the monsters just plow over people. Um, that's again, ASMR. That's that's some. It's not really ASMR. That's some more um, world building for me. Is that you just show it shows me that they're not. Um, it's not for food that they're doing this and just doing it to fucking kill people. Yeah. That's I like that too. I like that too. Um let's see. Oh, also just this movie got I don't remember what the I think the first movie was was R. I'm pretty sure. And this one earns the R a little bit more, and I I appreciated that because when you do get out into the greater world, you know you one another thing you kind of have to do if you do that is just to you have to raise not the stakes I guess, but just you got to show more of like the, I'm I'm specifically thinking about the scene in the train where Millicent Simmons is just walking through a train full of you know decayed you know bodies basically covered in spider webs and stuff. And with the wife, and, you know, it's just, it, it, this takes a very, it's a brutal, kind of gory, but not, you know, not gory is not the right word. It's it's very lived in, and it's very depraved. and Lots you know, of death, kind of I understand stuff. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, like that, like I'm saying, that train full of dead people, it's just like, oh shit, they're really... You're really going for it, Johnny K. I love it. Earning that R. And for you know, not so great reasons, the scene at the the scene at the island, which I did not see coming. That was another really good, a fun twist to add on to it. I knew Demon Hunsu was in the movie. I did not know in what capacity. And to find out that there's a colony of people living in you know in in peace on this island, I was like, oh shit. That's that's interesting. I like it's, the idea. It was, I also it, I I buy that these things can't swim. Like, yeah, it makes sense to me. 
Yeah, because I mean, their face is just a big, you know, open wound, right? Like when they, in my head, they they would drown, you know, like internally drown, you know, because of how much their face extracts and whatever. Yes, and it was in a weird way. It was fun to see them, to see that sort of peace disturbed, you know, in a very horror movie kind of way. It's like. And I can't help I can't help but think of it this way just because it's been our lives for the past whatever however long. <laughs> one of my one of my big pet peeves is, is movies saying like they're they you know it's kind of about the world we live in now. But in a way, this sort of was because I got like I got Australia vibes from that little island where there's just this little not little Australia's huge. There's just islands just figured it out and they're doing fine, you know, with because Australia has adults in leadership and they kind of beat the pandemic early on they were having a good time whereas the rest of the world were just like oh we're fucked <laughs> the worst parts of us are coming out we're fucked and then we're, we come and bug them with all of our stupid shit you know mm-hmm. whether it be Australia New Zealand whatever it's just like oh some places have got it figured out they know what, they know what to do and those cute little, you know, all those cottages and they have a little bonfire going you know a little they're beach. able to be loud and sing and shit Hmm. Again, not not where I expected it to go, and uh, I appreciated that. But, um, and then that final set piece at the radio station was really really cool. Yeah, I liked it. And the the last image of the, of, like I mentioned earlier, of the might of the the <coughs> excuse me the the hearing aid, you know, just dangling from the from the microphone. And the and Millicent Simmons walking towards the the monster and just crushing it. I like, yeah, I liked uh, I liked how he saved the uh, hearing aid uh, when they got captured. Yeah, yeah, putting it in his mouth. I was like, oh, that's again very clever. And I didn't even notice that that. I mean, I I, I kind of missed the lost the chain of custody there between you know the guy that person taking it and killing Murphy getting it in his mouth, but. It was a good reveal if that if if it turns out that they didn't really show it moving from person to person. So very solid. Liked it a lot. And um, any dislikes, I guess. I mean, not nothing. We pretty much covered a lot of it. Other than just its existence, um, no. <laughs> well, that leads me to my last question before we move on to a grade: Is Quiet Place Part Three question mark? Um. If this movie made as much money as you said it did, yeah. And I'm assuming because you didn't think this one was necessary, you don't think that was necessary. I don't think it is that necessary, but that doesn't mean I we're not going to get it. I agree with you that it's not necessary. I think the story's over. The next thing you can do is, you know, is to really go full James Cameron's Aliens with it and just make it be a, <laughs> an know, army movie, a Transformers movie. Basically, you turn it into Army of the Dead. And I'm like, that's... Let's not do that. However, uh, Krasinski, I think he's. I think I read that he had an idea for a third movie. I don't. I think he's going to be pretty hot demand as far as directing goes. So I don't think he's going to do it. You never know. And um, Jeff Nichols, who made Midnight Special and Mud, is apparently making a spinoff, which I'm fine with. If you want to spin off and find some some idea other and just family. sort of run with it, yeah, other family, other place, whatever. If you have an idea and you can do something fun with. it, that Jeff Nichols is the kind of quality filmmaker that I sort of I just kind of inherently trust. So I'm sure I think he can do something cool with it. And it's I think he and Krasinski are working on it together. Maybe 
it's like a one writes a story, one writes a screenplay kind of thing. But I'm open to that. But I don't want to see. I don't think I want to see this family unit again. I think we're we've we've covered what we need to cover. Yes. Because the big question, the reason why I think this was necessary is the question after the first one is, okay, so they figured this out. Now, how do they get it to where they can use it, you know, where it can be, where other people can use it? And they answer, and they think, and I like that they use this movie to answer that question. You know, the radio, of course, but how do we get to the radio? Where is it? That's fine with me. But this, but after that, it's like, you know, you're sending it to other stations, and like I said, you're just killing a bunch of aliens. Or maybe there's like a big one, like in Aliens, or they adapt some <laughs> new mutation to keep them safe, whatever. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's necessary. But yeah. if it comes out and it's good, then fantastic. Anywho, um, any other likes or dislikes? I have nothing specific. Cool. No, uh, no, f- no foot torture this time. You know, Let's do that. Uh, that opening scene when she walked down the stairs and you saw the nail. I was like, ah, thank God, we're not doing this again. So, a lot easier to watch in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, grade it out. Let's go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm seven and a half. Nice. Very nice. One of my, I think my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, favorite movie of the year so far. Like it just a smidge more than Army of the Dead. I like it much more than Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead was cool. I don't know, I guess I'm in the minority on that. I mean, I don't know. Now I have to just critically think about all horror movies and the social structures of its villains. So (laughs) I have to revisit some movies. We'll see how the hierarchy of ghosts goes in um, The Conjuring. Or, the or yeah, Ghostbusters, too. I'm sorry, I just... It blows my mind that there are people who are really excited about the new Ghostbusters movie, or a new Ghostbusters movie. It's like, just, who cares anymore? It's who such cares a beating about now. It? I don't, like... I just, I don't know. If you're going to, I mean, Paul Rudd is a very smart choice. Get Paul Rudd in there. But, like, as a, that's the only way that I would even think about going to see it. Unless it's, like, if by some miracle it's, like, 98% Rotten Tomatoes, then I'll probably check it out. But there's there's almost nothing I w- wouldn't rather see than Ghostbusters, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, when it comes out, if, it, if it's still there, I'm just going to go see Green Knight again if I want to go to the movies. Go for seconds on Green Knight. Cannot wait for that movie. Depending on our lives, might have to be a car cast just so we can properly freak the fuck out. Other than Dune, I think that's my most. I'm the most excited about that movie right now. Other than what? Dune, Dunk. I mean, Dunk. Oh, okay. You talking about Dunk? I was confused for a second. Uh, Watching and listening to. I think we might have the same for both of these, right? I have to check your little box. I don't know if you've seen it yet. But you want to um, talk uh, Project Hail Mary for a second? Yeah, I'm not done with it yet. Me neither. Where are you in the... St- uh, how far are you in the story, would you say, in terms of pages? Um, best I can do is a chapter. Hold on. Okay. I'm on chapter 17. Hmm. I think that's about where I am. 
had what just happened? And I don't want to be ahead of you. This is so scary. Uh, don't you uh, have your? Do you not have your copy of the book? It's like in the next room. One second, I'll go find it. So I just started chapter nineteen, so I'm a little okay. ahead of you. So, but last we've, thing we've that met happened, Rocky at this point. Yep. Yeah, last thing that happened for me is um, yeah, there. I think um, Grace is about to go out on an EVA. Oh, okay, cool. For uh, to pick up some Astrophage. But oh, nice. This movie, or this book, gives me hella the Martian vibes, and I love it. Um, so far, this is one of the favorite books I've read this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I haven't read that many books, but I'm not qualified. Yeah. But I've, I'm, sir, I'm truly having a blast. It. I like how it's jumping back and forth and sort of filling in blanks. And the fun thing about the the flashbacks is that sometimes they they either they are either directly after something happens and they explain it or something before and that you don't know they need to explain yet that they do and I feel like some of them are big payoffs like that thing or hmm. have you been to the you're at have you had the scene and this isn't really a spoiler where they have the court hearing yet about the copyright I'm torn I think that might be a fun scene just like a ah, that'd be a fun scene to write of Strat being badass and just no, shutting like down these I love the lawyers. flashbacks. I really, really yeah. like the way that this book is written. Yeah. I like that all of the flashbacks they're giving just the perfect context. I know he did it on purpose, obviously, but yeah, I just I really like it. Like how that explains how he has all of the information that humankind has ever had. Mm-hmm. And how there's consequences for everything that's on that ship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's here's my um when you in the court scene, she's like, here's my something, and then here's my uh um my uh <laughs> my pre uh, my, my pre pardon yeah preemptive pardon yeah, <laughs> and they're just like, oh okay, <laughs> she's like, I just thought I'd get this done, get this over with all at once, and like I just uh, it blows like. I'm I'm one million one trillion percent sure that if this happened in real life, a bunch of fucking asshole lawyers would be like, "Well, actually, that's our copyright, and I know the world's gonna end. We don't have a lot of time. We're gonna sue you." Like, like ah, that was so realistic and cringe. Oh man, that just pissed me off. But <laughs> it was a really fun scene. Um, yeah, the but um, I, I'm sure there's some flashbacks that are that either have a little significance already that it, when we get to the end, we're going to find out like, Oh, that was a big, that was a very important flashback. So one that have, don't seem to have any significance. There are, there are a couple that I can think of that, and that will have it, um, that are, we, that won't pay off until a few chapters. Oh no, like, I can tell you fun the exact sense. last thing that happened in the book. I just remembered. So what spoilers kind of, I guess no one's good. No one listens to this fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the uh, last thing that happened was it's during a flashback and the two astronauts that he's training <laughs> the uh, the guy who just said yeah we're a I ventured a, re- a sexual relationship with doctor whatever and <laughs> that's that's what happened yeah that that was a good one and I think yeah I'm I'm I still I don't think we still we still haven't learned 
understand where I am, why they didn't end up going, why Grace ended up going. Yeah, and I feel I, okay. like that's going to be a really fun one to find out the answer to. I have, like, an idea of why, but I don't, like I said, I don't know yet. But, yeah, very cool. And um, Rocky, I mean, what can you say about Rocky? Rocky's I love him. I love him. I love him. He's so sweet. Question? (laughs) (laughs) Now the way um, they do it, the way they do it in the audiobook is really, really cool. They uh, what do they do? They do like the music chords. Oh, first time he says something. Uh And then they have like a robotic voice filter for when it's him talking. Oh, cool! Like, Like it's not like a. Hello, my name is like it's no, no, it's 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 still the narrator, but it has like a it has a sick, sick. How's the narrator, by the way? Perfect, he's great. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, I've I I've been I've sort of you know, every time I read a book, I get to that point where, um, (laughs) most of the time, at least, (laughs) um. Where I realize, like, oh, this is good. And then I just kind of, I start to burn through it. Because, like, now I got to know what happens next. Usually after you get, like, through, I don't know if Act 1 is, they do Act 1s in books. But Act 1 or whatever, after you finish setting everything up and things kind of start happening. And it's when I was, like, I kind of put the pedal in the metal. I was like, okay, I got to get this next chapter. Oh, this, what a great cliffhanger. Got to get to the next one. And I'm really trying to pace myself here. I'm really trying to really savor and enjoy it. So, like, I, I went pretty hard in the, over the weekend, and I'm going to bite off a chapter here and there this week and then probably finish it this weekend just yeah, to I, savor the flavor a little bit. I'll try to get – I mean, I'm going to get done pretty soon, too. I'm, I'm listening to this book in a way I haven't listened to an audio book in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I really like it. I might even go out and buy a hard copy of the book. I yeah. am – Going to go and buy a. Uh, I want to read The Martian again now, though. Because, oh, it's good. It is good. Read this book, guys. You know who's playing Ryland in the movie, right? They're already making a movie about it? Yeah. The, a joke? No, no, no. This is real. They, you know, the since it's The Martian guy, the, you know, the studios are like, oh well we gotta keep an eye on what his next thing is and see if it's it's worth adapting and it, apparently it was so good they that before he was even finished they started developing the script and getting a cast together and it's gonna the rylan grace is gonna be played by ryan gosling and they got a it says i'm on the time bb page right now is lord uh, and miller yeah lord and miller oh, is, this movie gonna be, is this movie gonna be amazing yeah, probably. I'm I'm pumped for it. I don't know, Lord Lord Miller. I can definitely see because the only negative I have, and this is like a negative with, you know, everybody, uh, every Lord Miller thing, and that I kind of have with this is just it's a little bit too like, I don't know, it's a little bit too zany, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, like there's those scenes where. Um, that's not even scenes like the narration where he'll like just make some smart comment to himself or about the situation, that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, cool. I get it. You're, you got, you're a funny guy though. Those get to be a little bit too much. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sh- whatever. If take those down like 10%, maybe. And I'm probably, I'm feeling a lot better about it, but they just kind of bug me every now and again. 
No big deal, though. Still really loving the book. And like I, like we were saying, Rocky is probably the best character ever in, in books. In well, we'll see what he does. Literary history. I don't think... I don't think you're gonna... No. I even read ahead. I don't know what's gonna happen. But I don't think you... I don't think you kill him, and I don't think you make him turn. I just... You can't do that to, to us. Rocky's so sweet. He's such a little cutie pie. And I looked up... Um, some artists' renditions of them, and I think one of them was even retweeted by the author himself. And my visual, my my head picture of Rocky actually isn't that too far off from what apparently he. He says like. he's a, a spider, the size of a dog. I so I expected him to have like a neck or like a yeah like a neck area sort of thing. So I was kind of I was wrong about that, but oh well. Either way. I like how he's like, will you, will you watch me sleep? He's <laughs> like, uh, okay. And he's like, I have to go eat. It's like, can I watch you eat? And he's like, like, no, you don't. don't want to see that. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> no, and he's it's gross. Like, oh, yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky. Ooh, so cute. But yeah, Project Hail Mary. Big, big thumbs up from uh, from us. And then did you watch uh, Bo Burnham special? I did. Not... Not my favorite, which is to be expected. No, it made me sad. Quarantine content, yeah. I don't like sad. But... I, I don't like seeing people like that. I don't like seeing him like that. I know he's having a hard time, and it makes me feel bad to. And then you're seeing people like reviewing this as the best fucking piece of literature or um, literature me- yeah, that's... media ever to come out, and I'm like, this, this... guy's sad. Like help him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was that's I. I mean, I. I don't really know why I would do it, but I gave it a. I gave it a grade on Letterbox, and I settled it like a three and a half, which is usually my go-to for like I enjoyed parts of it, but as a whole, it was a little off-putting for me, and for that reason, I don't, I don't like seeing Bo sad. I don't like seeing anybody sad, but especially him because he seems so nice. Big fan of Bo. Um, favorite song? Do you have one? Um, boy, I don't... I liked the last one quite a bit. Um, Mm. there was one... I don't remember any of the names of it or anything. It was all just a blur. It's it's the one where the room is blue and he's standing in his underwear. Oh, he's turning 30? Like the turning 30? Yeah, I think that might have been the one. I'm turning 30. He's got like, I know he doesn't like his voice. I really like his voice. I don't know. It's just, it's crisp. He's a very crisp voice. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, it's white woman's Instagram. Oh, that was, that's one. just, that's just a really well-written song, you know? And, and it's, and I love what I love about it is that for the first, you know, two thirds of it, it's just like, it's making fun of that girl that everybody knows that takes like a, a really posed perfect picture of her fucking oatmeal, you know, like <laughs> the worst people. But then he also turns it into, and in a very, in a very bow way, which just makes the song for me, he makes, turns it into something earnest where he talks, he speaks from the perspective of a girl posting a picture of her mom who's dead and says, you know, give a kiss to dad. I've got a great job and an apartment and a boyfriend that I love. And I'm like, fuck Bo. He, even when he's cynical, he's still, he still always yeah. comes back to finding the good, sort of. And, uh, you know, analyzing that kind of... And he did in eighth grade, analyzing this very 21st century 
kind of millennials, you know, Gen Z behavior and just finding like the earnestness out of it. And it's like, here's what this person's really trying to get across, you know, and how they're feeling. And it doesn't matter that they're posting on Instagram because it's a nice, it's a very sweet, it's a nice thought, you know, and they're, you know, I don't know. I just, I really, I love, I, I just, I love his mind, you know, even if he doesn't. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he's okay. Yeah. And some of those, I mean, the melodies are just so tight, too, especially with that Yeah, song the music's all good, but then then I get upset when I watch him say that he's not going to kill himself on his <laughs> white t-shirt while he's looking there like, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about that anymore. <laughs> like, it's it's not No, great. Bo, don't do it! I'm, I'm genuinely worried that I'm going to wake up to... A headline think, about him being dead. I think he's. I think he's getting. He's better. I think he's working on himself. He said that he was. He was at the point in January 2020 when he thought he was mentally at the place to go out and perform again. And then you know. Oh, yeah, but then he did this and <laughs> locked himself alone for a year and a half. And no, the pandemic life. did. But Still, come on. I know what you're saying. Um. I just want to shout out to one extra song is the one, uh, the like eighties, you know, workout video or whatever the, where he talks about how problematic he is and holding him accountable. <laughs> good ass song. Why doesn't anybody hold me accountable? I dressed up as a Latin. <laughs> He's a problem. <laughs> Got the costume in my mother's attic. Should I burn it? So good. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and he also i like that he's um expanding his you know musical palette too like the unpaid intern song is like this smoky jazz number <laughs> i'm an intern wap, wap, wada, wap. <laughs> that's awesome he's so good and the word the, the reaction video to that that loop that he gets to, he yeah gets that was to. good that was good <laughs> Would you, how'd you feel about the gaming bit where you see him playing himself as a video that was, game? I liked it. I liked it. You can tell he's been watching uh, Twitch streams. Yeah. That one, he wasn't as... Not like the Instagram one. He was a little bit harsher with those ones. <laughs> so pointless they are. Like, reaction videos. Good God. Um, but yeah, it's solid special. Um, bummed me out a little bit. And... Um, that's no good, but it was there were some nuggets in there, and some. I mean, he directed and edited this himself, and like, wow, that was that. That's a feat in and of itself. I mean, damn, to do all that. I, mean, I understand. I I understand why it took a year once you actually see it all together. Mm-hmm. And the girls were <sighs> thirsting for him on on the social media. They love they love scraggly both. Did they? Oh yeah, they like Scraggly Bo quite a bit. Letterbox is like half the reviews are like I hope Bo's okay, and half the reviews are Bo's so hot, <laughs> and some of them overlap. <laughs> but you know, hey, hey, if that kind of guy does it for you, he does it for you. Yes, yeah. Um, that is it for me. I think yeah, you got I anything got, else? I got nothing. All right, cool. Well, that'll do it. We'll be back next week with some Conjuring talk. 
I've rewatched. We watched the first one at home the other day, and I'm going to the theater tomorrow night to check out to rewatch visit the second. So that's going to be exciting. Um, see my old friend Bill. Love Bill. Shout out to Bill. <laughs> and um, until then, you can follow us at underscore realflix on the Twitter. Leave an iTunes view. Send us an email at realflixpodcast@gmail.com. And ooh, wild pitch, baseball. And until next time, Cody. Take it easy. Catch you on the the flip. On the flippity flop. That flip side. Ugh.